Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast. I'm Chaz Hathaway. Today we're going to share Nancy's experience. And uh, before we do, I'm going to do the music again. I've done it for about a week now, and I would really love your feedback on it. It does make the podcast production time uh, double what it used to be, but I've really enjoyed the outcome myself, at least, you know, the way it sounds and so forth. So let me know if it doesn't work for you or if it really doesn't make a difference to you or if you just absolutely love it so that I can know whether it's worth continuing to do. And perhaps on days where I'm short on time or something, maybe I'll do it without music, but uh, but it's, so far I've, I've liked the result, so we'll see if we can keep doing it. Also, if you really, really, really like it, let me know if you would be interested in having me put sound effects in. I'm a little worried about it becoming a little bit too, um, I don't know how to say it, sounding uh, sci-fi fantasy-ish. I, <laughs> you know, I don't want it to sound like I'm, I'm reading a uh, audio uh, young adult fiction book or something like that. This That's not the intent of this. I'm really not here to fully uh, entertain so much as to educate. And yet if it adds to the, uh, to the um, intensity of the emotion behind it, I'm happy to do it. I know my favorite podcasts, uh, some of them have sound effects in the background. You know, when people are walking, you hear clicking heels and things like that. And it, and it just really adds to it. That would add another probably double. <laughs> so I may not be able to do it right away if I added sound effects, but uh, just love to hear your thoughts on that. Anyway, sorry. Today, we're going to share the experience of Nancy from the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation archives. So here we go. I was at the dentist having a root canal done. The dentist had a cocaine problem. I knew him somewhat socially and was high while working on me. He cranked the nitrous oxide up really high and was cutting off my air supply with the mask. I am very drug sensitive and felt myself going right out of my body. I struggled back, took off the mask and told him what was going on and he said that I just needed to relax and go with it. So I did. I went out of my body and was floating up over us. I had an urge to pass right through the secondary story wall to the outside and did. I hovered over the Pacific Coast Highway and watched cars passing by below. I felt extremely peaceful. After a little while, I had the pleasurable urge to just shoot through space and sort of streamlined my form, although I never looked at my spirit body, and rocketed out into the cool, dark space. Yes, I did feel that. It was cool out there, and the darkness was calm and peaceful. I started noticing little points of light whizzing past me, or I passed them. I don't know. what they were, but they looked like stars in the night sky. 
It seemed that I was traveling at the speed of light, although I can't say what I base that on. Very suddenly, I stopped traveling. I had been looking downward the whole time, and so I can't say if I was traveling toward a light or not, but when I looked up, I was on the beginning fringes of the most beautiful golden light. I know others talk of a white light, but the light I experienced was very golden. The light had little sparkles in it, like glitter, and when the light passed through me, I had intelligence and emotion. It filled me with unconditional, pure, pure love and intense peacefulness. I looked ahead and saw an old friend of mine who had killed himself some time before. We communicated with a sort of telepathy in that we talked by exchanging thoughts. I said, Scott, are you all right? And he said, I'm so all right. Just look at where I am. We hugged and I could feel his body. To this day, I can feel the place on my arm where his arm wrapped around mine. At about this point, I realized that if I was where Scott was, I must also be dead. I started to feel a panic about whether or not I would go to hell for having had an abortion. The light communicated to me that I was completely loved and that the difficulty of the human condition was totally understood. I was told everything is completely all right. I can't communicate the intense and all-encompassing nature of that statement, but it completely washed away every single fear I ever had. Scott told me at that time that I had gone too far and that I had to turn around and go back right away. As I turned around to face back toward the direction of Earth, I could hear the dentist saying, Come back! Please, come back! I also heard him hit my body as if to attempt to bring me around. I was also told that there was a lot more that I had to do before I was going to come back. This was told to me with sort of a fatherly chuckle as if I had been like a rambunctious kid in order to get there so soon and had a long and interesting life ahead to take care of before returning. I felt sorry for the dentist who sounded like he was freaking out and immediately shot back to my body. When my spirit re-entered my body, I didn't fill it out anymore. I was a little ball behind my chest wall and had to try to push my chest up in order to take my first breath. It was the hardest thing I have ever done. The moment that I gasped my first breath, my spirit suddenly filled out my whole body from top to bottom. I lay there with my eyes closed, trying to think of what to say to the dentist because this had been the most holy experience of my life and I was listening to the dentist talk to the nurses completely frantic and I knew he was afraid of being sued. I felt that if I were to tell him what happened, he might say it was all a dream or something, so I decided to protect the experience. I just opened my eyes and said, 
That was weird. You could have heard a pin drop in there. They were all terrified looking and never said a word to me about what happened at all. I had listened to them talk before. They thought I was awake and knew what happened and felt nothing but grateful for the experience. So I decided to just leave it alone. Well, Nancy's experience is very interesting because, I mean, she, it, it, it seems that dentistry is, is a fairly common way to experience uh, near-death experiences, but she seems to know that he was under the influence of cocaine. If any of you are dentists or medical workers or anything of the sort, please do not do cocaine before going to work. <laughs> It's a no-brainer, but, you know, this is her experience. So as soon as she leaves her body, she is flying. She leaves and flies over the Pacific Coast Highway, watching the cars passing by below. This sounds very familiar, very similar to the experience that we shared yesterday by the woman who died near uh, childbirth or shortly after childbirth and was drifting along in the night sky looking down at the earth. I mean, this is just fascinating. I I suspect this one is daytime simply because dentist's office are usually open like nine to five or something. So I'm, I'm assuming this is daytime, but uh, she's going over the highway and just watching with this pleasurable sensation to, uh, um, rocket out into space um and she's looking down at the time so i don't know whether she saw the blue fade or or maybe it was dark i don't know but she rocketed out into space in spirit form i think that's so cool and then she's noticing these tiny little points of light whizzing past or she passed them and it's so interesting to me I don't even know what to make of it but it appears that many times when people are in the tunnel or rushing toward the light they will often see either well there's a couple of things that are commonly seen one is what seem to be pinpoints of light small points of light not the brightest light like the one that they're headed toward but there's just little pinpricks of light and they seem to feel that those are spirits now are they just at a great distance are they like you know way off and headed the same way or maybe headed the other direction i i don't know i don't know and i mean if you're heading out into space then you're probably seeing stars anyway so these flicks of light yeah that makes me wonder are they seeing the stars pass slowly or maybe not at all i mean you know scientifically speaking you have to be going probably faster than the speed of light in order to see stars even budging i mean even star trek with the stars rushing by is really quite unrealistic because if you're four light years away if if a if a uh, a star is four light years away which is about how close the next closest star to us is then that means it takes light four years to get to where we are now which means if if I'm looking, you know, oh, I'm trying to think how to <laughs> describe this, but uh, if I was looking out at something that is, let's say, um, you know, a mile away, and I'm traveling a mile an hour, 
Okay, I'm hardly seeing it moving. And these are comparable distances. So unless I'm going um, four light years an hour, <laughs> which would be, you know, something like, well, thousands and thousands of times the speed of light anyway, um, then I shouldn't be able to see even that star moving. Maybe slowly, I don't know. But it shouldn't be obvious at all. And the backdrop of the stars, you know, even going 10 times the speed of light, you shouldn't be able to see much of any difference. But these people are traveling at who knows how fast. All they know is that it's faster than the speed of light. Are they going light years per second? Are they going billions of light years per second? We just don't know. We just don't know. And, I mean... It's it's interesting, but the the other point is, or but the uh, the part of that that I wanted to say was that these pinpricks of light, if they are passing by, it could be that you've got this backdrop of stars that they're seeing and they're rushing through space, seemingly not very fast against the stars, but that there are other things rushing past, such as these pinpricks of light, which are representative of individuals. Now. They could be light, you know, balls of light or, or spirit beings, light spirit beings. I don't know. But they're passing something. And if they're going through the tunnel, they're seeing that pass. But the other thing that people often see, which she describes, is these sparkles like glitter in the light. I mean, what is that? What is that? I don't know. I, could it be that they're, you know, at... A distance and that they are light beings or something I don't know or are they some kind of little uh, flecks of glory of some kind we know what is that I don't know but it seems to be common these little sparkles this glitter um, glowing glitter bits uh, seem to be commonly seen in the light not sure what to make of that but uh, but I've heard enough accounts that I I'm like, yep, there's the glitter again, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's so it's interesting. Um, so then she encounters this friend of hers who had committed suicide and uh, and he is so all right, he says, you know, and she says, are you all right? Because she's probably worried about him. You know, he killed himself. Is he in hell is what But she, he says? I'm so all right. Look where I am. And, you know, it's interesting because I'm not totally clear where they am, where, where they am, where they are, except that they're in this light, this golden light. Um, so is there a landscape? I don't know. Is there some kind of um, terrain? I don't know. She doesn't say, but she's in there in this golden light and filled with joy. And this brings up the question again on suicide. Well, wait a minute. What what can we make of those who commit suicide? Well, I think we can conclude that, or I, I hate to use the word conclude, I think we can gather that uh, people who commit suicide are not doomed to an everlasting pit of despair, if you will. Uh, they're not stuck there forever. And uh, it's their choices and their mindset and their thoughts and and so forth that uh, keep them there if they are there. And while some seem to have to pay some kind of penance, I don't 
fully understand what it is. Some it's, it's, uh, a level of experiencing the pain that you've caused others. Um, I don't know exactly what that is, but that they just like everyone else can be delivered into joy and light and love. And so that seems to be where Scott is now. He's good. He's good. And when she talks about being concerned about her abortion, you know, she's like, uh, I had an abortion. I, am I going to go to hell for that? And I think it's a legitimate concern. However, from these experiences, we see that while you certainly are held accountable for your choices, you're not necessarily condemned in the traditional hellfire and brimstone uh, sense. There's, there's not a punishment per se, but there is an accountability which you learn from the life review. And whether there is a judgment of some kind that comes later, long after um, death, I'm not totally clear on. The fact that some people have life reviews and others don't tells me that we're not all getting all of the experience when we go to the other side right away. And many of us, it may be a long time before we experience all the kinds of things that are possible to experience. I don't know. But, um, and, and there's not a suggestion that there's nothing that is wrong. Okay. Or, or that there, that you can do anything you want without any consequences, without any problem. That's not what it says. What it says here is that we are completely loved and the human condition with our faults is understood and that everything is completely all right, meaning that everything falls within the plan that God has for us. Does that mean that if I'm, you know, mean to my child or even abusive, that that's okay, that it's, it's not a problem, you know? No, it doesn't mean that at all. What it means is that there is a plan and I can't thwart it by doing horrible things to people. I can't break that. And while I may be hurting myself and hurting my loved ones or whoever, and while I will have to face that choice at some point, there will not be an infinitely endless condemnation for those choices. That seems to be what I'm reading in this, which is so merciful and so loving. And, and so, you know, it's not saying that there's no such thing as sin. There's no, that there's no such thing as doing wrong things. Um, but there is such thing as accountability and there is a such thing as recognizing the pain and suffering that we cause others. And so, which, which is the message of love that, you know, these things that you did were not acting in love. These things that you did were acting in love. So forth. Anyway. So next thing she knows, she's hearing the dentist saying, come back, please come back. He's probably just like, what have I done? And, you know, she's like, <sighs> she doesn't want to come back. And yet she says, I was also told that there was a lot more that I could, that I had to do before I was going to come back. This was told with a sort of fatherly chuckle, you know, as if being, as if I had been a rambunctious kid 
in going there so soon and had a long and interesting life I had to take care of before returning. I love that. The fatherly chuckle thing. It's like, I understand you want to be here and that's good, but it's not time yet. You'll get there. It'll be okay. It's like Christmas morning. Can we get out of bed yet? Two in the morning. Can we get out of bed yet? Three in the morning. You know, <laughs> and, and I think as spirits, we kind of have a little bit of a, I want to say childlike nature, but sometimes a childish manner too about us. And you hear of temper tantrums when people hear they got to go back. You hear of, of, people jumping for joy and dancing and just having a great time like a kid would in in the joy that they're experiencing and honestly i mean let's face it think of the last time that you just had a blast with friends or family or something uh, you're goofing off and you're just laughing and stuff i mean that childish sense it's in us it's in us and uh and the childlike aspect of that, which is the good, joyful, innocent part of us, we should nurture. And yet the childish tantrums and, and you know, anger and so forth ought to be curtailed, obviously. But apparently, because, probably partly because thoughts are so open on the other side. I mean, I know I've had many mental tantrums that I did not have physically. And if you have, if your mental tantrum, tantrum is pretty much the same thing, then uh, a lot of us are in trouble. So it could be that this is just consistent with the thinking and the way we think now. So watch your thoughts, watch your feelings, watch your mental tantrums and uh, turn them around, turn them around. Anyway, very interesting. So. If you would like to contact the podcast, either to share your own experience, ask a question, or leave a comment, you can do that by emailing neardeathexperiencepodcast at gmail.com. You can also uh, call 970-NDE-CAST. And if you would like to support the podcast financially, you can become a monthly contributor by uh, becoming a patron on patreon.com slash NDE cast. You can also get there from our website, neardeathexperiencepodcast.org, and clicking on support the podcast. And again, if you are are enjoying the music background to the readings, let me know. At the time that I'm recording this right now, um, tomorrow morning is when the first recorded musical background has will be uh, posted it's scheduled to post tomorrow and so and I'm about a week ahead so it's about a week's worth of of musical background <laughs> episodes that have been recorded at this point so I have not heard any feedback at this point um, but by the time you're hearing this another week will have passed so forgive me if I don't react right away or if you're hearing things um, about the podcast or if your comment hasn't come and been mentioned or whatever it's because I, I'm a week out or so sometimes a week and a half when I'm really on top of things but uh, also you can uh, if you leave a review on iTunes or, or put some stars that will help iTunes to know that 
the listeners are interacting with the show and they'll bring it higher on the rankings and so forth like that. So with that, thank you all of you so much again for listening.